Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, and on Instagram at Kristen Esser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 33. Hey there. It's good to be back. I know I took a little bit of a, of a break there. I promised myself when I started this podcast to never apologize for not podcasting because really, who do you think you are? Who cares? So I'm back now and I'm excited to be here. Even though it is in August, it's in the afternoon and I'm in the closet. <laughs> It's hot. So I've got my cup of iced tea in hand. I put my hair up in a ponytail. I put on a pair of shorts, which I do not really wear shorts in public anymore at my age. Um, No shame if you do. It's just, I don't, but I will put them on to record a podcast in the closet. (laughs) So it is um, back to school time around here, kind of. So I've got a high schooler and he's back in school. Um, lots of AP classes out the door before 7 a.m. and just um, kind of a crazy uh, weekend schedule right now too. So so that's all going on. Yet I, my two oldest ones do not go back to school until near the end of September. So because here um, in California the UC system's on the quarter system and it starts late and it ends late and I would rather it start early and end early and I think they would too but that is not the way. Nobody asked me about it, and it's not the way it works, sadly, because I would really give them an earful. But so we were, kind of, you know, we're kind of winding down with the with the summer activities. We're still trying to have a little summer of fun. We actually took the kids to a Tower of Power concert in Ojai last weekend, and that was really funny. My husband's a huge Tower of Power fan. Um, my boys are very into jazz. So actually, um, jazz and soul and stuff. So they've, you know, they've got some pretty good taste in music. So they know Tower of Power well. So that was really fun. What was really interesting, though, was the demographics (laughs) of that concert. Oh, my gosh. It was it was 80 percent 60 years old or older, I think. My kids at 16 to 21 were by far the youngest people there until these people in front of us came with like a nine-year-old and a 14-year-old or something. But it was also really funny to see the everyone like da- standing up and dancing, crowding the stage and dancing. And my kids are looking at me like, where is the dignity of these old people? <laughs> I'm like, you know, they were young once. This is They are reliving it. So that was actually really fun. We had a really good dinner there in Ojai. I love Ojai. I want to I want to live there someday. And um, what else? Just, you know, kind of fun stuff. The boys and I went and did a um, mini golf trip one day. And that was kind of funny because um, we went to Panera for lunch afterwards. And so it's the middle of the week. And it's, you know, like 1230 or something. We're having lunch. And one of my sons said, would you look around at the demographics of who is having lunch here right now? And um, we decided it was best described as the demographics of a quilt convention <laughs> because they were all kind of older women having lunch in um, pairs with the you know, the occasional person with their husbands. So then we just started creating personas like, oh, that guy, he 
he brought his wife to the quilt convention and he's, you know, um, so they're having lunch now. This guy, this young guy with a laptop, he actually is a, like a fabric rep. <laughs> you know, like we just created this whole scenario that it was quilting convention. It was just so funny. It's like, who knew that, you know, again, the demographics of Panera lunch was women who are retired. You know, it was, pre- it was pretty funny. But so anyway, so we're just kind of, um, I'm in that real weird transition time where it's not quite fall, you know, we're not truly in back to school territory yet. So I'm still still kind of struggling to, to find my daily routine. But you know what, it's fine. I, I no way want to rush my college kids home. This could be Oh, I'm going to cry when I say this. This could be the last summer that everyone comes home. Um, next year, Chloe, God willing, knock on wood, will have a job. Um, and uh, Jonah very likely could have um, some kind of a computer science internship somewhere else where he won't really be home for the summer. So I, I'm not I'm not really ready to, to rush this out. Um, but on the other hand, when things are just quiet and a little more routine around here, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to to that, too. Speaking of which, so um, when I'm recording this, this is the, we're getting to the end of August 2019, which means we've got four months left of 2019. And um, because back to school time is kind of like, you know, the second new year, you know, for a lot of us, we think of it as being a, a time to sort of turn the page. I've been thinking a lot about where I would like to be going into 2020. So, you know, in December, especially after Christmas settles down and all that, we get into this thing where we, at least I, I should say, um, really start thinking about, you know, what, what do I want to be different in 2020? What am I going to turn over a new leaf? What am I going to start? And what I would really like to do is think about those things now and establish some, some projects, some habits, some behaviors that make me feel like as I'm going into 2020... I've already got a lot of this stuff going. Okay. Does that make sense to you? So, um, for instance, I just recently rejoined Weight Watchers about a year ago. I joined about this time and I had a lot of success, that fresh beginner spirit. And I really do. That program works for me. Um, but it is hard to get that, you know, beginners fresh outlook again. So I'm trying to kind of recapture that, but I went into 2020 down 25 pounds and that felt really good now the sad reality is is that i've just kind of stayed there the whole time this up until now so um you know not not a perfect system but i'm like okay if i could just get that going if i could just be 10 pounds down and feel like you know my tracking and my eating and my exercise are just you know they're just what i'm doing right now they are my established habits i've got four months to just kind of get back into that groove so that on december 31st i don't go okay Tomorrow, I'm going to start a diet. You know, I've got that going. So that's one thing that I'm going to do. And I would kind of encourage you guys to think of maybe like three things that, you know, that maybe were your goals at the, in January that you just never got any traction on. Um, and maybe even just start one of them in September and one of them in October and one of them in November. And let's not pretend we're going to start something new in December. So I'm just going to leave that one off. The December is just to try to keep those three things going. So um, when I thought about that, I was just thinking about this this morning while I was getting ready about like, okay, you know what? There's four months left. Let's Let's make some progress on some things. So for me, weight loss is one of them. 
And um, like I said, I'm on um, Weight Watchers plan and um, like, you know, there's like no endorsement here, but you know what? That plan works for me. Um, I also do a little bit of the Trim Healthy Mama. That's more of in sort of how I eat because I am a person, um, I'm an obliger if you do the Gretchen Rubin um, kind of four tendencies thing, which means that if you give me some outside influence, if you give me a deadline, if you give me accountability, I do really well. I don't do things for myself, but I will do them for other people. So actually having to show up at a meeting and weigh in, just the online only, Weight Watchers doesn't work for me. I have to show up one day a week and weigh, and that is like the only way this works for me. So you just got to know yourself. Um, so my second thing is I have a number of whips um, quilting wise that I would just really like to get off my plate. I have one of those clothes drying racks. Those, um, it's white, it's from Target and just, it folds down. I've just got these little bars and I just, and I have all my whips hanging on there and it's getting, you know, emptier and emptier. Um, I'll talk more about that in the quilting segment, but, um, there are two quilts on that. One is this, I'm embarrassed to admit this charity quilt for quilts for cure that I have never finished quilting. And the other one is that pineapple quilt that I was working on like a year and a half ago when I first started this podcast and it has been basted and ready to go for, you know, a year. And I, and I'm a little befuddled on how to quilt it. And I really just need to sit down and figure it out and go done is better than perfect. Um, and so that's going to be the second thing, um, that I really focus on. So whether I start that in, in September or October, I'm not really sure, but, um, and I'm, I'm going to think about what the third thing that I want, um, want to do. It's probably going to be something a little more homemaking, uh, related, but, uh, so anyways, and if, if, so if you do think about that, if you'd like to think of like three, your top three things that you would like to feel like are well underway by the end of the year, I'd love to hear them from you. You can comment um, on the show notes of the podcast. You can send me a DM or an email or whatever. I love to hear from you guys. And um, I would love to hear uh, what those things are for you. Maybe you can help me figure out what my, what my third one should be. And once again, I'd like to thank the Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring this podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, and notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. They've just released Quilt for a Cause Quilt for 2020. Have you seen it? It features Summer Sweet fabric by Sherry and Chelsea for Moda Fabrics. This sampler quilt combines unique and historical blocks in a vintage style, and you can reserve your kit for it at fatquartershop.com. I really encourage you guys to take a look at this. I have done the uh, the charity quilt for Fat Quarter Shop a few times, and it's always for a great cause, and the camaraderie of doing these really big quilt alongs, you just really can't beat it, so I am, I'm going to be in on this one. And Fat Quarter Shop carries all the major brands like Moda, Riley Blake, Wyndham, Robert Kaufman, Art Gallery with the largest selection of Fat Quarter bundles. Whatever fabric, pattern, or notion you're looking for, chances are they have it. Visit them at fatquartershop.com. As always, I'll put a link in the show notes. Let's talk a little bit about quilting. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been a little insecure about my lack of productivity this summer when it comes to quilting. And uh, I can really fall victim to that comparison trap. I get on Instagram and I see people, they've got new 
blocks, new whole quilts. It seems like every day. And I just think, what are you doing with your life, Kristen? So my answer to that has been to really try to stay off social media this summer. I've, I've really been trying to scale that back. And um, it helps me to feel a little bit less fragmented, a little bit, you know, less playing the comparison game. But I digress. So I don't have a ton to talk about quilting wise. And I do think that when um, the kids go back to school and I've got my my sewing space back a little bit more right now, one of my kids um, whole computer setup is kind of on my sewing table, which I am happy to share with him. I'm just glad that he's home. But you know, it's just the whole area just feels um, just a little bit different. But I did um, sew up some of my kinship blocks for those of you that are following along with the kinship sampler. And that's been really fun um, to really work on my paper piecing. I borrowed a daylight wafer light box from my friend Minky. And what a huge difference having a light box <laughs> makes when you're doing paper piecing so that you can really get those, you know, fabrics lined up, you know, because you're looking through the paper. I don't know. I really enjoy that. I'm going to have to give that back to her soon, but I've really enjoyed um, kind of just doing those um, those blocks. My friend Holly Ann over at String and Story, she's doing the full 100 blocks, and she takes the cutest, most original pictures every day. So definitely check her her Instagram out for that. That's just a free little shout out because she's just been super um, creative with her photos. Um, I also am happy to uh, tell you that I got uh, a quilt that has been languishing. I was saying 10 years. That's maybe a little bit of an exaggeration. It was one of my first quilts that I did um, from Bonnie Hunter pattern. I have, I tried to look it up. I don't, it's probably somewhere on her website. I can't find it. It's basically a kind of a, a little bit more of a complicated Irish chain quilt. It's not that complicated, but I did it as a leaders and enders quilt when I first discovered that that was a thing because um, it's just a lot of, um, two and a half inch, they look smaller than that. So maybe they were two inch squares. So they're finishing at an inch and a half, somewhere around there. But I've said this before, but it's when I really didn't have any cute scraps. I was cutting up this old fabric that I had and it was all very random. None of it went together, but you know, that's the Bonnie Hunter style, right? So I I cut up a bunch of them. I did them as leaders and enders for a couple of years until I finally said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to sew this sucker together. And, um, and I did, and it's been sitting there for years and years, somewhere between five and eight years, let's say. Um, and I finally figured out that I'm going to give it to a family member. So I, um, talked about this last podcast. I bought the blossom fabric in denim and it turned out it's very cute. So that's going to be the back. And, um, I've got, I can either bind it in that same color, or I also bought blossom in a a dark red. So we'll see. We'll see what that looks like. So that I actually sent off to the long armor yesterday. That's um, Deanna Sanzano from Sewing Blue. I'll put a link in the show notes. She's very reasonable, very professional, does a great job. And I'm, I told her when I email, I'm like, I feel like this is just such a gift to, you know, get this off of my my whip list, get it, you know, off of my mind and another quilt of mine out in the world, showing love to people that I love. And uh, because I just was never, it has a lot of white space in it because it's an Irish chain quilt. And I just am not that confident of a free motion quilter to, to do something good with that, you know, so that I was 
paralyzed by that. So, so happy that that's out into the world. And I, I said last time that I think that um, this this quilting by check can get a little bit addictive, especially if you're like me, you're more, I'm way more about the design and the fabric and the piecing. Really, it's the piecing. The piecing is my zen. So, um, so anyways, very happy that, so I sewed one seam down a quilt back. So that besides the kinship blocks, that one seam was the extent of my quilting, but not my sewing. Um, because <laughs> the other day my daughter came in, um, one evening while I am, um, you're going to laugh. I'm actually doing some embroidery, which I'll talk about in a minute. And I was watching cleaning videos because you know, that's what I do now on YouTube. And she said, can you take in the waist on these jeans? So she just bought a pair of jeans and it's one of those things where she liked the wash and the color, but they were a little big, but they did not have a size down in that wash, you know, that it was kind of a lighter wash jean and she couldn't find the right size. And so she convinced herself that they were okay. Um, and then as soon as, of course, she started to wear them, they bagged out and they're now falling off. I'm like, oh, shoot. So, um, but she just purchased them. So, you know, you don't want to just like throw in the towel. I'm like, oh gosh, you know, I don't really do alterations. I know you have a mother who has a sewing machine and an iron set up at all times, but alterations, not my thing. But I said I would do it and it was kind of hilarious. So I decided to do all these things like, uh, uh, without, I should have just looked at YouTube first. Let me just say that. So I, she just just wants me to take in the waist. And um, so I tried doing two little pleats on either side, just right on the uh, behind the, the belt loop that's in the center of the back. And that was kind of too bulky. And then we decided we we're going to try to do one. I took that center belt loop back and I did one big dart there and then put the belt loop back on. Did not work. Just like this big, you know, you can't take like two and a half inches in on the waist and not have there be some fallout <laughs> below that. So that's when I started looking up YouTube videos. And um, there were two ways that you could do this. Because I know the right way is to take off the waistband, but I'm like, no freaking way. Are you kidding me right now? But this one woman, she actually did take the waistband off um, just like three inches on each side. She took the side seams and she took the, unpicked the waistband, cut it, and then just took the, you know, made it smaller and then reattached it. And I think just kind of eased in the fullness for the jeans. And it was kind of an ingenious method in this YouTube video has like 1.6 million views, but oh my gosh, the, the jacked up way that she re-sewed that waistband back on with the, just these horrible looking seams. I was like, oh my gosh, girl, you could have spent a, like a little more time on that. But I, that way seemed kind of cool, but scary. Um, and the other way was this, um, other video that I suspect is how you would do it. If you took it over to, you know, like your local dry cleaners and said, can you take this in? I, this is what they would do. And he put two darts in. It's kind of what, what I started with. It's just that he put them in a better place than I was t trying to do. So she, just two darts kind of um, about, I did about three inches on each side of the center. And then I ended up taking in um, really about three inches, like, yeah, about three quarters of an inch on each side, which all that multiplies out to be bigger. Anyways, um, 
and if you if you pay attention to getting your you know those top stitching lines lined up it, it turned out really good and she's wearing them today and they feel much more comfortable and if you weren't looking for it yes there are some um seam uh, you know some seams there but um the way you have them do the darts i think that's the really there was it was a big triangle so it comes down to a point so it really eases that fullness in um anyways they it worked out pretty good and i had the perfect jean top stitching thread <laughs> in my stash because you know orifel when you're an orifel artisan they send you this whole pack of different weights and colors and so i had like 28 or 40 i think it was 28 weight gold and so where where i i had to uh use the i had to do some top stitching to finish the whole thing off and it looks so perfect it's like it's the right weight it's the right color it was very exciting so that was my my big sewing adventure and, and it was actually kind of fun um and the other thing that i'm working on is um Orifil for the Orifil Artisans is doing these monthly challenges, which is really fun. I don't know if you follow Orifil, if you get their newsletter, but once a month they do a roundup. And man, like I am at the bottom of the heap when it comes to these people. There are so many amazingly talented people who are Orifil Artisans. So they have people just working with different weights of threads and products every month. And, um, and then they do a little, you know, people are posting them on social media and then they do a roundup thing on the Aura Buzz um, blog so for september um we're working with aura floss which is a six strand um, embroidery floss and what's super cool about it is it comes on a wooden spool and number one wooden spool who does not love a wooden spool but it is just such a better delivery method than you know if you've been using like dm's what is it dmc embroidery floss you know what if you what you buy it at michael's or joann's and it comes in that you know thing with a little wrapper around it and the minute you pull it out it is 100 percent already completely tangled and i have a whole like crazy scary pile of those and i really love those people who um wrap them around like uh, clothes pins and it looks really pretty my mom i a lot of my floss is actually from my mom and i really like this because i can see her writing um, you know, where she wrote the number on those little, um, paper or plastic spools that you can rewrap it. But bottom line is you're going to have to rewrap it at some point if it doesn't come on a spool. So, or a floss, it comes on a spool. And, um, years ago I did these, um, flower sack tea towels that had a, um, a motif, these kitchen motifs from Posey Gets Cozy, Alicia Paulson. I'm having deja vu. Did I tell you this? I'm sorry if I have. Anyways, you can go to her blog. I'm sure they're still there. Super cute, like a Le Creuset pot and a, and a um, one of those uh, froster, you know, when you, a pastry bag for doing frosting. There's one of those and a cookie cutter, things like that. Really cute little motifs. And I did them in black. Um, just outline stitches in the it's called you know the back stitch so it's just a black outline and I just love the way they look it's simple and classic so I'm doing the same thing here I actually ordered um, black navy and red because I thought a red work thing could be kind of cool or um, navy might be cool instead of black but when I had those three spools in my hand I'm like I'm doing black and so I'm doing three strands and um, I'm using Minkies, my friend Minkies. She has a um, book called Diary and Stitches, which has just a bunch of different types of embroidery motifs 
Um, she's using them mostly for sewing illustration, but there's no reason you can't use those same motifs for hand embroidery. So I'm doing this one right now that has pears. I'll, if I think about it, I'll take a picture and post it in the show notes. Super cute. So I've got two vintage tea towels that I got like at a garage sale years ago. I need to come up with a few more because I think I'd like to do like three or four. And the, the existing towels that I have, they literally, they have holes in them. I have like used them to death. And all I really use them for is in the kitchen for like drying vegetables and lettuce and things like that. But they get washed a million times a week. And they've got holes in them. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut out the embroidery that I've done on them and then like sew it onto a new tea towel. <laughs> and I'll just keep that, keep that going because there's no way that I'm throwing those out. So, um, yeah, so just sitting down, I'm so glad to have a, um, a hand project again, you know, that I can do when I'm watching TV or watching cleaning videos <laughs> or whatever, or just sitting out on the patio at night, listening to an audiobook, that kind of stuff. So, so those are the kind of things that I'm working out on right now. And I cannot believe I've talked this long considering how little that I've done. Well, I've got other things that I want to talk about. So I just want to briefly say that I finished knitting my socks. They're blocking and I'm going to give them away. I need to photograph them, but I'm so glad to have those off the needles. Um, you just got to love some self-striping, you know, yarn for socks. It's so fun. And um, and I've been knitting dishcloths. I talked about that in the last episode just as a replenishment um, for our, you know, drawer of, of hand-knitted dishcloths. And um, I think I'm going to eventually, maybe sometime this fall, do a little video on um, how those dish cloth go how to knit them and maybe we'll do just um, somehow a tiny little knit along for that but it, it I've, I've said before it kind of shows you all the different skills um, that you need for knitting in that one simple dishcloth so it's kind of a fun place to start let's move on to books oh my gosh well I finally kind of got out of my um, my book slump by listening to audiobooks that is sometimes just the way it works so the first book that I listened to that I want to talk about is Little Fires Everywhere. And now I didn't write who wrote it. It's like Celeste, somebody, and she's got like two letters in her last name. I'll put it in the show notes. I loved it. I love this book. Um, Chloe and I, my daughter, we like to talk about the books we're reading and kind of, you know, tell each other the little summaries of them. And she says, so what's it about? And I have the hardest time describing it. Very, very character-driven novel. So from a, there's some good plot twists or whatever, but that's not what it's about. But it's basically about a mother and a daughter who, um, who just move all over. They just, they just keep moving from city to city. So the daughter is um, like 15 and she has lived in 46 cities. So that's like how much they're, they're moving. The mother is an artist and that's part of why they move is that she's always looking for, for new inspiration. But so they, uh, the mother's made the decision that they are going to stop moving around. They're going to put down some roots in this little town. And um, they, through various things become intertwined with one particular family it's actually the family that they are renting their their duplex from and um the weirdly there's like four kids in that family and they're all in high school in every grade of high school that doesn't happen very often but anyways she, um the the main character daughter the one that's 15 um you know she sort of you know befriends on some level each of these kids and and gets very intertwined so that's what the book what it's about there's just lots of um you know really interesting interpersonal um 
you know, relationship kind of stuff in there. Really enjoyed it. I will tell you that I was a smidge disappointed in how it ended. Like I just loved the ride of the book. And then when it got to the end, I was like, is that it? So have low expectations for the ending, but uh, the reader was really good. Um, I got it from Libby, you know, the free thing from the library. So that was really good. I definitely, um, definitely recommend that one. And then I got Today Will Be Different by Maria Semple. She's the one that wrote Where'd You Go Bernadette, which I have not read, but it's, they're making it into a movie with Kate Blanchett, and I, I'm sure I will read it. But, um, you know, I just look for like what's available in audiobooks. I try to be not too picky. And um, this book was so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it was short. It was only, I don't know, I feel like it was, I listened to things on one um, 1.25 speed. So I listen to them a little bit faster, which really helps get to get through them. I usually start at the normal speed. And once I've got a feel for it, I speed it up. I can't do one and a half speed, but 1.25 just kind of takes the pauses out and really keeps it going. Um, the reader for today will be different is this actress. Her voice sounded really familiar and I don't remember what her name is, but I went to her IMDB page and she has like one episode of every TV show you've ever seen, but she had like 16 episodes on the Gilmore Girls, and she is Liz Danes, who is Luke's sister, like Jess's mom, and um, it was funny when I was telling Chloe this, because Chloe and I watched Gilmore Girls, I said, I don't know if you've seen her yet, but she's kind of this loser mom, she just, she makes jewelry and sells them at Renaissance Fair, <laughs> at Renaissance Fairs, and Chloe goes, are you, you're acting like that is not a complete dream job, like what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the reader is really good. Um, and it's just, it's a story about it. The whole book is one day <laughs> of this woman's life. And it's one of those things where things just keep going from bad to worse. And there's all this really funny stuff with her son, who's about 10, stuff going on with her husband, stuff going on from like years back from her career coming back to haunt her. Anyways, it is, um, it is very funny. So I definitely recommend that. And um, the other thing that I've been reading is I get this newsletter where, where she had a link to this sort of homegrown MFA website, like, which is a, um, a master's of fine arts. And so it was like, just like things you can read if you're interested in stuff like that. And one of them was to read a poem a day. I am not into poetry. I feel kind of bad about myself for that fact, to be honest with you. I, I aspire to like poetry more than I do. So I thought, what better way to do this than to read a poem a day? So there's a, um, a website from the U.S. Poet Laureate from like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, um, created this website that links to a poem, to 100 poems. And um, so I've just been doing them in order and just reading a poem a day and just kind of, you know, chomping on it for a bit there in the morning. So I'll put a link in the show notes if you're at all interested in that. But so that's what I'm, I'm doing for my mind. Um, so that's kind of it for books. Um, I've got a few shows to talk about. Have I ever talked about Grantchester? So it's, of course, if you know me at all, British mystery it's on, it's like a masterpiece mystery show. Um, we get it here on PBS, but I'm pretty sure that I first came across it on like Amazon Prime, maybe Netflix. I'm not really sure, but it's basically about 
a hunky redheaded Anglican priest who befriends the chief of the chief detective or whatever, and they solve mysteries together. But it's really good. Um, I love it. I blew through the first two seasons a few years ago, and I got this email from PBS saying, oh, Grantchester's back. I'm like, oh, that's so exciting. So I go to watch it. It's like season four. And, it, you know, they have previously on Grantchester. And I'm looking at this going, none of this seems familiar at all. Well, it turns out I missed season three. So I was actually doubly excited because now instead of, I don't know, 10 episodes to watch, I've got 20. So I'm almost done with season three now. Um, but I was very excited about that. So, um, yeah, Grantchester, really good, especially I want to say it's like Broadchurch, but it's not. It's the, the mystery. It's more like Midsummer Murders. It's it's lightweight murder. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to Broadchurch, which was kind of grisly, hard-to-watch murder. So if you like lightweight murder, Grantchester is for you. Um, we finally got CBS All Access, so now I have access to Star Trek Discovery. My husband and I are watching that. That's our new show since we just finished whatever we were. I can't even remember what our last show was. Um that's been really good. It's very different. It's different from, you know, if you were into like me, my, my big Star Trek claim to fame was that I loved Next Generation, which had, in retrospect, a lot of humor and levity and lightness and, you know, relationships. That is not happening here. <laughs> this is dark. This is war with the Klingons um, on a walk one night. Uh, my husband and I were likening it to if you read the Harry Potter series, which was kind of light, fun children's literature until you got to book four and the whole Triwizard Tournament and all the Voldemort and all that stuff. And it, things changed. It was like, oh, they're taking this in a different direction. This is like a little more Lord of the Rings or whatever. Like, this is not what I thought. This is getting dark. Well, that's Star Trek Discovery. It's definitely dark. No one's laughing about anything, <laughs> but it's really good. It's, um, it's just a little different. And it, what I didn't realize is that it takes place uh, from a time frame point of view before the original Star Trek. So Next Generation was the next generation after the original Star Trek. This is, I, I think this is 100 years before Next Generation. Um, so like we're talking about like Spock's dad when... He was a, I don't want to say a young man when he is a middle-aged man. So, um, so that's been really good. Since we've got the CBS All Access, I'm also watching The Good Fight. And I say that loosely because I've only watched one episode. I aspire to watch The Good Fight, which is the spinoff to The Good Wife um, with Christina Baranski. And it's also got, I don't know her name, but... Um, She's got red hair, and she was on Game of Thrones as a wildling. She's married to Jon Snow in real life. Not that Jon Snow is a real-life character, but whatever his name, Kip Harrington from Game of Thrones. And she, I know her from Downton Abbey. She was in the first um, season of Downton Abbey, the maid that aspired to do better, and she went off to be a secretary. So, um... I'm only one episode in or don't even know like what direction that's going, but I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. And, um, our family show, we always do this 30 minute comedy, um, sitcom kind of thing is like the last thing before we go to bed at night with the kids. And I've talked about this before. We've worked our way through the office and parks of rec and 30 rock and all those things. And we are struggling 
to find a 30-minute comedy. Every time if you go to Google it, Google it, you just see all the things we've already watched. But there's this show called Kim's Convenience that's kind of funny. It's about um, a Korean family who owns a convenience store. It's in Canada, which is interesting. I was like, when they first showed money from the register, I'm like, what is that? Well, it's Canadian money is what it is. Um, but it's it's pretty funny. I talked to my friend Minky about it, who was Korean, and we both agree that, like, weirdly, they don't seem to know what a Korean accent sounds like because, like, one of my best friends is Korean. I think I know what a Korean accent sounds like. But anyways, it's lightweight and fun and kind of a good way to, to end the night. So, so that's kind of what's been going on um, with reading and uh, watching TV. So let's get into homemaking. I got to say, I feel like I'm rushing here, so I'm sorry if I... And talking a million miles a minute. I'm watching the time tick away on my computer. I'm like, what have you talked about for 36 minutes? But um, so homemaking, there's just, you know, this is kind of where my creative energy has been lately. I feel like let's just have a homemaking podcast instead of a quilting podcast, because that's what you're really doing. But um, I uh, recently purchased uh, Organized Simplicity, which is a book that I wanted 10 years ago, written by Tish Oxenreiter from Simple Mom. And it just like those two words, Organized Simplicity, like they are just exactly the words that I want to define myself. Um, but I never did because we were poor and I wouldn't spend $14 on a book, but it was just recently on Kindle for $1.99. I'm like, I'm finally just going to get this book. And I blew through it in a morning or something. At this point in my life, you know, I could write the book, but I do enjoy reading them. So that kind of got me re-energized with um, more routine-based things with the house. And one of them was keeping, um, having like a, a homemaking notebook. And I have had something like this in the past. And, and I've kind of realized I don't want a notebook anymore, but I do have, I would call it my homemaking clipboard, where I just keep all all these lists of things, you know, like I'm, I'm keeping lists of all the deep cleaning that I want to do for each area of the house. And I've done this before where I've typed them up on the computer so I could, you know, print them out on a spreadsheet and check them off. But you know what? I just sat down um, a few months ago and I wrote them out by hand because there's something, I don't know, I just like to write pencil to paper. And um, and what I did is I organized the, the house into the fly lady zones because I love that system of... Um, for every week of the month, there's a zone to concentrate on in terms of decluttering and deep cleaning. Um, I've realized there's parts of the fly lady system I don't like because I don't think that she cleans, the, does the weekly cleaning on the level that I want to. I want my house to be a little cleaner than she seems to. <laughs> but I do love the idea that you spend a week, 15 minutes a day in the kitchen, and then before you like just kind of lose steam and never really finish that you just you move on to the living room for 15 minutes a day the next week or whatever and those little things then you wrap around the next month and you're like oh yeah this is where I was and if you just do the 15 the 15 minutes a day is the key part of the system as I've realized if you do a lot more than that you just get burnt out and 15 minutes a day even if you do it four days a week that's like putting in an hour of decluttering or deep cleaning a week on your house like you're gonna get done someday you know I mean you're gonna you're gonna get through it um, so that's what I um, that kind of inspired me I'm like okay like so I kind of you know arranged my clipboard so I just have all those kinds of things that are really easy because I'm a checklist person so I can just you know check off all the little you know that I cleaned out the drawers that I have you know 
done all these little little things. So for me, it's mostly a decluttering thing. I could also make a deep cleaning list too. I haven't done that. Um, but I did discover this YouTube channel called Diane in Denmark, and she apparently was an a fly lady mentor. She's kind of doing her own thing on her YouTube channel. And it's really fun to watch. Um, First of all, she's in Denmark. So she's got that cool, very minimal um, uh, Scandinavian kind of home. And it's not like it's, you know, super beautiful. It's just a very normal home, but it is very simple. And she, you know, I've told you before, and I got a little bit of flag for it. Um, she does these cleaning videos. Now, most times when people do these cleaning videos, they like speed them up and put them to music and all the stuff. She does not do that. What she does is she goes, okay, I'm going to do, you know, today's zone is the master bedroom and I'm going to set my timer for 15 minutes and I'm going to leave the camera where it is. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do while I do it. So I'm first, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do all the cobwebs. I'm going to wash the windows. I'm going to do whatever. And she does it in real time. And she's just like, you know, just clean along with me. And so she's got a gazillion videos that completely explain the system and all those kind of cleaning videos. And, um, I don't know, I kind of get a kick out of it. And now, oh gosh, if I wasn't rushing, I would, um, I'll put a link in the show notes. One of a listener reached out to me on the cleaning video thing. (laughs) One person likes cleaning videos too. And she gave me a YouTube channel and I can't think of what it is off the top of my head, but I did subscribe, um, to this, uh, girl who does, um, she just had twins, so I think she's going to be doing less of them. But she's also got some really fun, uh, good cleaning videos. So I'll put that on there for you fellow cleaning freaks. Um, one thing that I do like about the Fly Lady system, it, when I rewatch these um, Diane and Denmark videos, is that she has something called Anti-Procrastination Day, which is very much like my get rid of, do the nagging things. Um, but she has this idea of like Wednesday or whatever day you want, but I think for her it's Wednesday, is that's the day that you tackle something that you've been procrastinating about, or in my terms, nagging. It's been nagging you. So um, I kind of thought that I would like to work that into my schedule someday of to have a day to do that. And, you know, Gretchen Rubin does it too. She calls it power hour, where that's when you just sit down and you make that phone call, you look that thing up, you buy that thing online that you need, you run that thing to the repair shop or whatever. So some of the things that I have been doing, um, I did a bunch of touch-up paint in the house, which was a nagging item, like little, uh, little biffs here and there in the entryway, um, in the family room. And so what I did, what I, I highly recommend this. So I got the paint out and you know how, what a paint it is, you know, you got to pry the lid off and then sometimes it's rusty or it's just, it's gross. It's hard to deal with. So I got it well stirred up and I did this for three different paints in our house. I poured them into mason jars. Now it would have been better really in retrospect if I poured them into like old spaghetti jars or something that wasn't a nice mason jar. And then I marked them. Did you know that you can just write with a Sharpie right on glass and you, and, and then you can just wash it off. It might take a little scrubbing, but you can just wash it off. So I use Sharpie on glass jars all the time. So I now I have like for the family room, for the trim and for the kitchen, I have these mason jar sized things that I can use for touch up paint. And it's so much easier to shake up and to just crack that thing open with a little sponge applicator or something and, and, um, and do the touch up paint. So somebody sent me a link about that. And I was like, that is brilliant. And so now whenever we paint something, as soon as they're done, I'm putting some into a mason jar so that it is handy for, uh, for touch up paints. So, um, 
yeah, so that's been good. And I'm still just working my way around my house decluttering and people, I'm starting to run out. I have almost lapped the entire house and it feels really good. I'm not there yet. I keep finding places like I would look in the living room and go, okay, I think I've done that. And then I had to go get some printer paper out and I'm like, oh crap, I forgot about this cabinet. <laughs> And so, um, but now I'm just, uh, you just keep, you know, and, and I just keep finding new things to do to streamline more trips to Goodwill, feeling, feeling really good, feeling really light. Um, yeah. So from a home making perspective, maybe think about, you know, an anti-procrastination day and, um, think about the fly lady system of the zones and, and just really working through your house 15 minutes a day to declutter. So for my one simple swap for kind of a more natural home, I wanted to revisit something I talked about last week when I talked about um, I replaced a bunch of weird little things in my kitchen that were wearing out. And for some reason, I just was not replacing them. And one of them was an oil sprayer. So this is a way to put your own oil into a bottle and use it as cooking spray for, you know, whatever for eggs or for baking or whatever and I am loving this thing it works very well it's in a glass jar and I'm going to be honest with you <laughs> we already broke it my husband knocked it off the like he dropped it when he was taking it out to the barbecue so that's the one downside but we loved it so much we just ordered another one immediately but the sprayer is working really well it's not getting clogged up and it just you know it just is so much less trash and you don't have that propellant in your oil. So um, I'm, I'm really, I'm loving my oil sprayer. I will put a link in the show notes um, if you just want to, want to check that out. Um, I guess I have a few of the things I was going to talk about, but you know what? I am running out of time. We'll have to do it another, another day. But before we go, I do want to thank a couple people for reviews. I always write these very hastily. See if I can read it. Kelly FL 1963. Thank you so much for your kind words and blessed in College Station. So thank you so much for the reviews. I, as I've said before, I very much appreciate the reviews. It helps us, uh, you know, to keep the show uh, coming up when people search for it. Speaking of which, it had come to my attention that my podcast was not listed in the Google Play Store. So if you're on Android, uh, I apologize. I did not know that that was not listed there. Um, so... If that means that you were listening from Podbean or on your computer because you couldn't find it in um, an Android podcast app, that should be taken care of now. And it's also on Spotify um, if you if you use that as your podcast app. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of a uh, little housekeeping there. So I've kind of really rambled this week and I've talked a million miles a minute, but it's my, you know, my favorite time during the week to talk to you guys. And thanks for joining me. And I hope that uh, you had a lovely beverage and were able to do something fun like handwork or running errands or whatever it is while you were listening. And I will see you next time. Thanks again. <laughs>